Hey there, this is Kayla, one of the hosts of Potions and Potpourri. I know that what I'm about to say is a common, albeit cliche, message to put in the beginning of a podcast, but I think it needs to be said regardless. Many of our early episodes have poor or inconsistent audio quality. This is pretty common for indie podcasters, and honestly, I find it to be enduring to the huge amount of learning we have had to do to start a project like this from scratch. We've learned a lot of things along the way. And while our audio quality does improve as time goes on, there are still many episodes where the audio quality is inconsistent from once before or even after. To be totally honest, we have tested and gone through a good number of recording setups and have lost or gained better quality editing software over the years. It costs money to have a really good recording and editing setup, and we have gone through times where we've had to be as budget-friendly as possible. So if you can, please bear with the weirdness of the sounds, strange background noises, and poor editing through some of the episodes, especially the first few, and hopefully you can enjoy the content we are providing beyond all of the mess. We promise it gets better, but we never stop being chaotic. Thanks for taking the time to check us out and enjoy the show. You're a fine girl. What a good wife you would be. Such a fine Welcome again to Potions and Potpourri, a Dungeons and Dragons variety podcast where we talk a little bit about everything really regarding D&D. We'll just have chats ourselves about hot topics. Occasionally we'll do a live play, which we promise that's in works right now. It's, it's going to happen. Um, and we also do potions where we randomly create stuff. And what we're doing today, we do interviews uh, with guests that have their own insights into D&D. Uh, I am Keisha. And I'm Kayla. And today we have a very special guest, our friend Melanie Learum. Um, we're going to let Melanie introduce herself, but we have been playing games on and off with her for quite a while now, and we're very excited to talk to her today about character backstories. Welcome, Melanie. Hi, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, this we're excited we too. <laughs> this is, in fact, my fir- first podcast ever. Yay! So. Well, yeah. you'll do swell. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so a little bit of background about me. I've been playing D&D on and off for about five years. Uh, I say on and off, but it's been pretty much that whole time. And I've, over the course of my D&D history, have built and played four different characters. Uh, and so I kind of started thinking about this episode with the mindset of what does it take when you're brand new to D&D and what are some of the difficulties you're going to face? And so, cool. yeah, I figured I'd kind of go along with that. Four characters seem small to me. Does it? How many characters have you had? Uh, I haven't counted. I took I a picture counted. the other day that I'll post on Instagram soon. But I think it's like seven or eight. No, seriously? But we did some of those short I mean, I was going to say, a so. lot of them were very, like, But I've saved them sessions, all. So. But wow. yeah, no, I make sure to 
save all of my characters too, which are numerous. But still, well. you've made four really complete, like large characters. Indeed. So. Um, and two, I have. Oh gosh, I've played them for some of them for years yeah. uh, and I've developed them over that whole time. It's not been like I've come into the picture knowing exactly who that character was. Uh, and it's something that I really enjoy and I've tried to make it varied. All my characters I've tried to like hit on different aspects of like things I'm either interested in or things that I think are uh, just so out there and different from who I actually am. Um, so I kind of have been rolling with that. I feel like it's important for me to say like how I know you guys and yeah. who else I know. So oh, yeah. why yeah. are you even here? Why am I even <laughs> here? Why are you relevant? Well, well, I've played with both of you for D&D, which has been Quite grand. Yeah. Uh, Keisha, yeah. you've been DM for both me and Kayla. Yeah. Kayla, we've played together on multiple campaigns yeah, now. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, I am Evan's wife. If you guys had listened to uh, a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Uh, I am the gal who lives the life as the wife of a stoner. Yeah. That's me. I am that gal. Here I am. These are coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we, so like I said in our original world building, or um, origin story episode, that Evan, Melanie's husband, is the one that got me into Dungeons and Dragons. Um he invited me to play with you and some other friends, Melanie. Um, and that was kind of how I got introduced to it. And then I drug Keisha into it, yep. having never met any of us before. <laughs> but we also all lived in the same house, even though That's we weren't all living together. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. So I... Melanie and I were roommates for quite a while. Uh-huh. Um, and then Keisha and I have been roommates forever. Yeah. Been roommates. yeah. yeah. So. so we kind of are all, all connected like that, even though you guys didn't live together with me yeah. <laughs> yeah i lived with your cat oh that's right <laughs> yeah she she was a great roommate i loved living uh, with your cat yeah, yeah i was very sad when you took wombat back i really loved well, her well, she i was, was very sad to not have her cat, so <laughs> i needed her we talked that's about fair. this in our potions episode but that's wombat is keisha's patron if keisha was a D, &D character she would yep. have been a warlock, would be a warlock. and wombat she would be her patron oh she already <laughs> does actually dictates my life so. adorable as is yeah. the correct path in life if you have a cat yeah right? i mean that's the only path that's how cats you enter that contract as soon as that cat is in your life. It's like a blood contract. They like prick their paw and like put on a piece yeah. of paper. Oh my gosh, paper. is that why they're always trying to scratch you? Oh my yeah. gosh, yes. <laughs> blood. Things you don't know if you don't have a cat. <laughs> this happens. This happens. Cool. Um, yeah. So, well, you were saying, I mean, you started off pretty well because you said you've created four characters and they've been really in depth. Mm -hmm. And I think a good place to start with this is just kind of your process like how do you go about mm. thinking about making a character and how do you develop their backstory absolutely and also like what details are important to you as you think about that mm. so uh i would let me start with my latest character who i yeah. just started playing with in the last month who we've never met yeah, yeah you know nothing about you, this one you've not played with this character um i am playing a Oh, let me think about it. What is what is she? Uh, she is a monk. Uh, nice. Fun. Yeah, Love I've it. never played a monk before, so I wanted to get a little bit more into other uh, sub. Uh, what am I trying to say? Classes? Subclasses for, or just classes. Thank you. Yeah. I'm trying to get into more classes for d and I've played oftentimes these very, um, I don't know, either fighter characters yeah. or very spellbound characters. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to kind of explore a different avenue. 
Uh, and with her, she does not at all look like how I might have originally envisioned, I suppose. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, like, <laughs> with this, the seed that got planted in my brain when I first was developing character for this current campaign, I was thinking to myself, I want a character that's going to be either... We're allowed to say curse words in this podcast, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Please do. Uh, great. Awesome. So I want to just make this whore of a person. Or, and like make her be like a fighter or a rogue or a ranger. Just like have someone who is a mess, a hot mess. Okay. Or go the opposite way. So that was the seed that was planted in my brain. I was going to have someone who's either like really terrible and slutty and made poor choices. Or I was going to play somebody who uh, was very pious and very thoughtful. Interesting. Yeah. And I suppose I got something that's... More towards the end of pious, but uh, is like very clueless. And that was not what my original intent was. Um, So I suppose my process for developing a character is just like having this like one trait that I pick and choose that might be akin to my own personality or is very far off from my personality. Like Uh, a specific tick or like a descriptor of that person? Yeah. Like this person's funny. So I would say that... This person's smart. I would say that I am neither of those kinds of people and I thought it would be... (laughs) Thanks, Kayla. I (laughs) I thought it would be fun to like delve into one of those realms a little bit. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I ended up going along with this character that was starting off more towards the pious side. And then as I began to like roll for my stats and roll for uh, what her uh, abilities would be like, um, things became a little bit more clearer. And I would say for like any new character, any new player that while they're developing characters backgrounds, um, they shouldn't get too caught up in nitty gritty details. Yeah, that's a great point. I yeah. think it's so important. I've heard people who come to the table at D&D and they're like, oh, I have like this many brothers and sisters and I like <laughs> had a father who spoke this such and such language. And it's like, wow, you came with all that and you haven't even rolled for your numbers yet? Well, what sucks about something like that is you might... Um, have this elaborate 10 page backstory and then never get to use it. Yes. Yeah. It never comes up in game. Yes. And I think what you were kind of getting at with your point here is that sometimes you have a very vague understanding of your character and then the story shapes them for you. Right. That's exactly the, what I'm trying to get at. The yes. die shape the numbers and then like the role playing and everything shapes how your character turns out. Yes. But so. to argue that, it can be helpful to have a pretty in-depth backstory for some people so that oh, definitely. they know more how to be this person um, or something to go off of. I would just say make it so that you can adjust it to whatever the campaign is. But anyways, I would say having played with you as my DM, Keisha, <laughs> that it has been important for some characters to come to the table with a developed backstory only because you as a DM, and I so appreciated this about you, you were very much engrossed in people's, uh, like, who they were before mm-hmm. we even started. And you utilize that through uh, the storytelling. Yeah. Um, and I would say that that is not typical for any beginner uh, player. By yeah, no means sure. should a beginner player here <laughs> yeah. expect to have to do that. But it's as an experienced player, uh, I really enjoyed that. We did okay. talk about that a little bit. Kisha <laughs> does a really good job of incorporating everybody into the story. So they have a personal gain. Or they have like a personal connection to the story, even if, um, even if it affects them negatively. <laughs> I was gonna say it's for my for my own nefarious plans. But really? you know, <laughs> but again, we briefly touched on this, but the whole like meeting in a tavern trope. He yeah. does a really good job of like making it so way we're forced to all come together for the same reason. Indeed. But so with your character that you're creating, you started with a trait. Is that usually what you do? It is usually what I do. Um, I would say for my first character, I chose her 
what she was. She was a teenage tiefling and she was my first character. And I had no idea what I was doing with D&D, but I'd heard, <laughs> I'd heard through the grapevine that you could play someone who was like a devil person. And I was like, Ooh, I want to be a devil. That sounds exotic. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and I suppose I chose like her age as teenager, uh, because as a teenager myself, I was pretty like good you know i wasn't like extreme i didn't do i don't think i gave my parents too hard a time so i was like let me play a teenager who is just the opposite of that, <laughs> I, that like? you can see i have i use D as an outlet in my life uh-huh. um and nice, so yeah. it just uh developed from there i didn't have a good idea with my very first character i should start using names here my first character's name was helene dragon tamer uh that teenage tiefling girl who first started off as a bard she developed a multi-class into a warlock uh and it just and those were things i like didn't come to the table knowing necessarily she didn't have a last name when i started she didn't uh she wasn't going to be a warlock at all originally but oh really yeah no not at all i uh i would say that a lot of development for me and my characters in the process of developing their backstory comes from role-playing alongside uh fellow players at the table yeah it's a yeah. huge thing. They help affect oh, how abso- your character grows and changes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so she, that first character, Helene Dragon Tamer, was that only a bard. I was just going to play bard. And then another player in the group was like, I have a proposition for you. Let's <laughs> do a one-on-one session and let's play our characters and see what happens. And so we did. And his character uh, approached my character and was like, I want to bring you basically into this cult. <laughs> it was what it was. A cult, a, a cult that was uh, 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 giving respects to a deity and I was going to gain powers from it. And my character totally accepted. She was, uh, I decided from that moment, it wasn't something I came knowing, but I decided from there, I was like, mm, yeah, she's going to be someone who's going to like be trying to basically be looking out for number one, going to try to be getting an upper uh, hand in life. So yeah, she's totally going to take this on. And that's the, that's the beginning of the story of how I started multi-classing and yeah, how hard it, it was. Didn't <laughs> Helene have character. three multi-class? No, three. no, she, she, sure? no, she only oh. stuck with two. Oh, okay. um, but she that's had so many spells. But to multi-class right out of the gate. I know, your first character. Well, that's, that's I only just multi-classed <laughs> in the story that we're playing now because it was so overwhelming. <laughs> and I now know, having experience that not to necessarily multi-class right out of the gate especially two spellcaster multi-class yes yes i would never do that again if i were to do if i were to play helene dragon tamer again probably would have continued with bard and then just gotten a few levels of warlock that's one of the things that i really like about DD is that we shape each other's characters like you were mentioning like your character probably never would have even thought to have done that or really you yourself exactly. until the other player was like hey i have an idea let's make things interesting yeah you're like okay let's, let's see make, how this goes uh going hand in hand with that like playing along to see what happens yeah. uh during the first literally the first session with helene dragon tamer before she was helene dragon tamer we went through this dungeon crawl she was just this orphaned little bard girl and then uh we get to the end and there's little baby dragons hatching and me me clueless me who has no idea how dnd goes and knows that this is the boss battle i'm just like i want to roll animal handling (laughs) well my dm at the time totally like let it he's like oh this is unexpected but yeah go for it see what happens well i rolled a nat 20 it was the first nat 20 of my whole dnd and because of that the dragon babies 
did not try to snack on us. <laughs> Mama Dragon did not come back and try to torch us like the DM had originally planned. Uh, and I, get, I, just, I gained the name Dragon Tamer because of that. And it really just <laughs> Perfect. like, it, it fits so good. It, it like couldn't have been better. Um, I got a lot of jokes later though. People would come up to me and be like, haha, why is your last name Dragon Tamer? Because I don't know if y'all have talked about this yet, but Evan plays a, um, what are they called? Dragonborn. Dragonborn. He plays a Dragonborn. So if everyone's like, oh, you're his wife, you play a Dragonborn. <laughs> I've is never that, heard that. I've you never really? Heard someone, that. Told, that connection. someone has totally come up to me, multiple people, and been like, oh, are you Dragon Tamer because you've Bro, tamed the dragon? Yeah, and I'm like, no, you guys. <laughs> it's because of this and that. So that's a funny part of well, that. Well, so Evan's, Evan's Dragonborn character, he actually had wives, and one of them got pregnant and had his baby, and they bought right. a bar together. Totally. It was adorable. And it wasn't you, so. It wasn't me. I would say there's been a lot of uh, character romances with NPCs. Literally, mm-hmm. yes, character romances either. that just, like, that just come from nothing. We have this fictitious world, fictitious people, and we decide there's going to be a romance there. It's a it's a funny thing how that develops. Well, that's over how role playing is great because no, you can no, yeah. do and be anything you want. Why not romance? Yeah, Why not not romance. <laughs> yeah. So my process. Going back to the original question with a uh, how does my process develop? I do uh, sort of use myself to like develop whatever the personality traits are of this person and they may be like my own but they are oftentimes very opposite of my own um they also might be like based off my own flaws so with my current character i should also say her name agatha moonwood she is that monk i was talking about uh she is super into mushrooms she comes from a monastery <laughs> that's all about mushrooms she can cool. find mushrooms super easily yeah she's a oh she's a mycologist that's right yeah um <laughs> and so, so many things this podcast guys <laughs> yeah and one of my flaws in life maybe not flaw but one of my things in life is i absolutely hate mushrooms and i kind of did this in, yeah all right sorry. Really? stop the interview <laughs> No. <laughs> Mushrooms are life, man. I can't wow, get around the flavor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're talking about just like food mushrooms. Yeah. Portobello, shiitake, uh, lion's mane, chanterelles. All the types of mushrooms. I have such a hard time getting around eating them. It's like a taste and texture thing. If I can tell it's in my mouth, it's a bother. And I... <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> and so I kind of developed this character in an effort to be like, all right, mushrooms aren't so bad. Mushrooms aren't so bad. Mushrooms aren't so bad. Just like kind of giving that... You should have taken the uh, Circle Spores Druid background. Oh, but that'd Say be too like typical. The Circle Spores, a Druid subclass... Yeah, oh, it would be kind of would be a little, little but like, yeah, it would have matched, but it well. would have matched up more so, just more in a comical way. I'm glad uh, that you do you not know about. I don't know. No. That's great. I'm glad that you don't. You made something else entirely different. <laughs> cool. To be all true me loving, true me loving. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of her development. That that's character, cool. Agatha Moonwood, um, and like. Going back to that role play part too, um, I came to the table with not a lot except knowing like where on the map of our D&D realm she's from. Also having rolled poorly on my intelligence, I knew she was coming to the table kind of naive and oblivious to everything. And I just like kept working that in. She's super like socially inept, but super friendly and just like a puppy who's <laughs> wants to greet everybody and be their friend. And role playing with one of our other characters or other, one of our other players in the uh, in the campaign, uh, she turned to me 
last time and she's like what did she ask she asked something along the lines of like how the monastery worked basically Mm -hmm. with all the families there and it got us onto the topic of uh both like marriage and children and she's like and why is your name agatha why did your mother name you agatha and i decided in that moment without having like really thought about it before i was on the spot i was like oh gosh i have to like think now and i was like uh my mother I think ran out of names. And so I just played off of that. And my character uh, or my friend's character was like, what? And I'm like, yeah, there, there's 10 more siblings before me. <laughs> and I like sat there to myself after a moment. I'm like, oh my gosh, why, You're did, the 11th why, did, why did I say I 10? This is too many. I'm going to have all the names. Uh, now they all yes. your relationships with them. Exactly. Who's your favorite? <laughs> and, and then I did a little like meta afterward with our DM, uh, who's Evan, who's my husband. And I was like, what have I done to myself? And he's like, it's fine. Not all of the siblings have to necessarily be alive. Not all of them have to be in the same country. You don't have to talk to them. You yeah. don't talk to them. So yeah, it like it's just a perfect example of like role play really helps develop your character. You don't have to come to yeah. the table yeah. knowing a lot. And that happens a lot. Yeah. It happens a lot. What is Agatha's uh, alignment? Um, oh, that's a, another good thing I was going to chat about was alignments, but her alignment is chaotic neutral. And Fun. I went back okay. and forth with this for a long time. Yeah, those I, are hard. Yeah. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And honestly, I played a session in like a half before I decided. Uh-huh. Uh, and maybe that's like a little too. That's actually an interesting idea, honestly, because I've Ooh. read a lot about there's a debate on whether or not the alignment chart is actually even worthwhile or not. There's <laughs> oh. a lot of people that feel very strongly. They're like oh man alignments are just like so dumb and so like boxed in and like whatever uh so that's kind of an interesting idea to be like no don't choose your alignment kind of role play your character first and see what happens see what happens and then you're like oh apparently this character is this yeah i've never Uh, done that that would actually be interesting i did narrow it down to two i was either going to be chaotic uh, good or chaotic neutral. I hadn't quite decided yet. So you had the chaotic side decided at least. Not lawful, huh? <laughs> I, oh, did I have lawful? Shoot. Now I can't remember anymore. <laughs> yeah, There's so many matter. little seeds that get planted as you're it developing does. a character. Yeah, and yeah. When, once one hooks, you know, everything else just yeah, comes out kind the window. Yeah, you struggle to follow some stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. How do you go about naming your character? Ooh, like, where does that even... Agatha That's... Moon... Agatha yeah. Moonwood. Wood. Agatha Moonwood. <laughs> so I had actually recently just watched uh, WandaVision and was uh, so in love with that that gotcha. show. Uh, and I kept like thinking, I was like, yeah, what am I going to name this character? I had some things like already developed about her. I knew she was going to be a monk. I knew she was going to be young. I knew she was going to be like, I'd rolled already. So I knew she was going to be not very intelligent. Um, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, what is her name going to be? And the like the sound of Ag- Agatha from the show kept like, coming into my head but I was like I can't copy and yeah I just like kind of switched around made it a little funny put an egg at the beginning I like it yeah and it worked out great I struggle really bad to name my characters do you this most recent one um her name is Anara Fernvale I spent probably an hour coming up with the first name I can believe that I was like on every like fantasy name generator on the internet I was like racking my brain for names I had read or, like, seen recently, um, like, in media and stuff. I had, like, a whole list of stuff. Like, what about this name? And I would, like, say it out loud. And, like, no, I don't like that. 
and I would change the last name and I would like change the first name again. And she's like, I kept kept telling my partner, like, well, what do you think of this name? What do you think of this name? It's just like, oh, it was so fucking hard because I had all of her other details down and I just like, none of the names work. But I was like, I know if I just choose one and just keep saying it, it'll be her name, you know, but it was just like such a process. Yeah. Have you ever, have you ever had that much trouble with a name before? I don't know if I've had that much trouble with a name before. Um, when we made Trinity, it was just Trinity. Yeah, I couldn't think of a last name, but I just got that from The Matrix. Nice. Because we were using Orc Pub at your house, and um, our friend Evan was like, okay, well, what's her name? And I was like, oh, I don't know, Trinity. <laughs> what? He named her? No, me. I named her. Oh, okay. But just, like, okay. instantly, I was like, I don't know, Trinity. Uh, that sounds cool. <laughs> you're like, all right, cool. That's easy, done. And then, like, Ravelin was a little uh, harder, but I still picked, I was like, oh, that's a good name. I'll pick that. I liked Ravelin's name. Yeah, yeah so... But yeah, this one was just so hard for me. I don't know why. Um, But some of my other ones were just kind of easier. But I had had the same process. I would just write some names down and like look at them and then put them aside for a while and then look at them again another day and be like, do I still like that? Yeah, I guess so. What feels right. Yeah, exactly. What feels like what you want to be called for a few hours every every, (laughs) every Tuesday night. I stress so hard about names. Your names are so good, though. I can't. I just, I, I don't know. It just, it has to be the right name i can't just okay. throw it at the wall and just be like yep that's it here it is here i don't know tv skin was pretty good i know some of them are pretty brilliant when it's like on the spot stuff but i don't know ones where if it has like a, if i'm creating a lot of lore especially or again with my own characters it just it has to be like the name this is the character it has to be a name that you will remember you know and it fits that person Perfectly. Yeah, that's fair though. You I know. would say that some of the characters, some of the people we've played with, the characters I remember best are the ones who have like an impressionable, impressionable name, like Omi. Yeah. It was just simple, Omi. and it was just Omi. And to be fair, he also had a ton of like cool things that he did yeah. while he was on our campaign trail with us. Um, but there is a few other ones that I like struggle even to this day to remember there's also been players in the past who've like come up with really funny names that i still remember and they only play like once with us there was a guy he played a character named frisbee jenkins yeah frisbee jenkins frisbee jenkins Jenkins. we also had an npc named huge mclarge huge oh yeah (laughs) he was a boat guy right yeah Yeah, he was a boat guy that's a pretty great name (laughs) he helped us get across rivers that npc um there's something to the name there's something to the name (laughs) with names i on my second character uh named him as so i totally like went opposite i was like oh i keep i want to keep playing like opposite characters me and i'm like i'm gonna play a man this time so i was like i'm gonna name him guy but i'm gonna name him more than just guy i wanted to sound like kind of like from medieval times so i came like guy there actually someone helped me come up with this it was guy various but someone else like put the put that thought out there to me first and then i was like well what am i gonna put his last name as <laughs> and i actually took inspiration from uh someone's partner's last name and i was like Ma- mons guy various mons mannequin and i just tried to make him sound as manly as possible but that was like my outlet for trying to play yeah. a masculine role and how and- did you how did you uh, go about making a man character for the first time Ooh, guy various so, mons. so i wasn't necessarily gonna i feel like a lot of people a lot of ladies even gentlemen they'll get into the D&D world and they'll be like I'm gonna make this really crude guy because that's like what has always been portrayed in media you know there's always this like comical relief who's very crude or very like 
Uh, but everyone womanizer. gets in the past because yeah. Yeah, that's his role. It's right? his role yeah. and it's like good, like fun in the movies. But yeah. like, I didn't want to do that necessarily. I did want him to be like, like a true character I developed like any other character I might have de- developed. Um, and yeah, so he actually came, his background, as I thought about it, I was like, I want to play a man. How am I going to like even start? And I decided to start with sort of a link to the last campaign that Helene Dragon Tamer was in. They had, uh, at the end of that campaign, done a huge war against the dead, and it was won and over with. And I decided, oh, what would happen to one of those soldiers in that war? Uh, and that was oh, the kind of, yeah, that was kind of the question that popped in my head when I thought about that. And I was like, what would happen to them? And what would their life then look like after the war? And that's how Guy Various Mons became a little bit more developed. He was missing part of one of his arms uh, from the war. That's right. Yeah. He had a horse who was his good, trusty steed who he had gone into many a battle with. That's right. Uh, you did. And oh, I so loved Guy Various Mons. I was very sad I didn't get to play him for very long. Our campaign ended pretty yeah. quickly uh, for outside reasons, unfortunately. And I still think about Guy Various Mons even to this day. And I do still think I'm going to like Try to pull him back somehow. Try to, like, just continue, honestly, yeah. with where we left off of, like, ooh, half the crew died. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get off this island and then just kind of go from there. Yeah. For uh, a little more clarity. Yeah, that would be his backstory for your other Yeah, game. exactly. That'll be the next development for his backstory. <laughs> so yeah. A little bit more clarity, because we've talked about this before, but this yeah, was the campaign we all played where we tried to do Tomb of Annihilation and died within, like, six weeks. Half of us died. Your character like died, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. So, um, since we're bringing it up, my character in that was a tabaxi. She was a lynx tabaxi named Born of Ash. I really liked her. And she I was really a sorcerer, too. which was my first magic character, because I had never wanted to play a magical class, because they scared me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually got really inspired, because Keisha made an NPC named Snow, the Snow Leopard. Um, who was the tabaxi monk. And I was like, that's fucking cool. <laughs> uh, so I got really inspired by that. So I was like, I want to play a tabaxi. And then I had Born of Ash, and then sadly, R.I.P. So yeah. <laughs> to be super ironic, uh, your character got burnt up and she turned did. to absolute ash. There was she, nothing oh, no. left of your character. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. It <laughs> oh. <laughs> was a sad ending. Yeah, um, but I know a lot of those characters in that campaign were really... I think they were some of our best and then they just kind of all very short lived <laughs> we had had the practice with that first campaign and it went so good we, we spent so much time developing our characters for that second one yeah and then it it slightly crumbled and just we didn't get I to know. play it out as as we thought it might occur yeah um which i feel like is worth saying too if you're a new player your DM will usually look out for you and not necessarily kill off your character right away. <laughs> well, usually. You, yeah. Keisha. Well, usually. I don't. All right. Maybe when I DM'd for the first few times. Ka- Kayla, like, have you revealed to the audience <laughs> just how vicious Keisha plays? We're starting to. We've, uh, we've no. shared a few stories, but not quite the whole uh, gambit of what she's capable of. The yeah. episode I was listening to earlier, uh, someone, y'all were talking about, like, what's appropriate at the table, like, what's uh, been decided upon about at the group, and y'all oh, brought yeah. up kids and babies, and there was, like, uh, it was just an anecdotal, like, joke of, like, what happened during one where a baby was used <laughs> as a bait and blown up yeah. to lure us in, and... 
in this episode, Keisha go. Keisha said something. I can't quite remember what it was, but Keisha said something that was very like, <laughs> like she was just like, yeah, that was sad. Keisha was the one who made that happen. <laughs> she was the one who came up with that exact thing to lure us in and try to blow us up it was uh, yeah that was sad it was sad however i will say (laughs) (laughs) you were you were like a wild card that none of us quite expected after having a couple of other dms who were pretty like uh, i wouldn't say at all like forgiving they were they were they were forgiving (laughs) not to say you aren't forgiving you've had your moments where you've been like wait 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 let me make sure that's actually what you want to do right to like both help you and help your character and help save the story but yeah you've been vicious for sure to us (laughs) i'm pretty sure i said this on another uh episode that we did earlier but i'm not the kind of dm i don't go out of my way to kill you guys I go out of my way to learn what you love, what you care about, what you desire. (laughs) And I use that against you. To torment you. To twist it against you. Every time Keisha asks asks us a personal question, like, what's your parents' name? Like, do you have a sister? Like, what's your happiest memory? I get nervous. That scares me. Yeah, like, I don't know nothing. I hate everything. Shut up. Oh, no, you don't. I will figure it out. And I will crush it. I hate it, but I love to hate it. (laughs) I I will say, though, uh, a DM who, like, goes and does ask those questions, whatever their intentions are, um, is really great for your players uh, to just, like, because that, that them, then helps them build their background. Yeah, that is another way to help build yeah. up your character and build the backstory a little bit, even there too, mm-hmm. and what your character's like, yeah. you know, makes you think a little bit more. It does, yeah. So, like, what we've said briefly before on another episode is that um, kind of the whole fun of the game of Dungeons & Dragons is that the group builds the story together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter how much the DM has prepared or has um, thought out the story ahead of time or whatever. For one, the dice determine a lot of it. And for yeah. two, each person that brings something to the table contributes to it. Yeah. Um, and that changes day to day. It changes person to person. It changes character to character. And it just kind of grows and things become canon. And we just all kind of build a story together, which is really fun. Yeah. We have a ton of inside jokes. Yes. We <laughs> start talking about our N- NPCs like they're real people. Yeah. <laughs> We're at graduation parties mentioning Omi died and people at the party are like, are, is someone okay? Yeah. What happened? <laughs> Good stuff. You're like, no, oh, it's that's fine. right. Uh. Yeah. That was a friend of ours. Uh, she didn't know that Omi had- was... Has a fake person. Was, oh, well, no, no, no. She knew he. No, this was a. This was. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And she knew that Omi was a character. She she was playing with us, but she didn't, uh, know, that he died. didn't know he died. And she like stormed through the party, just like, like what the fuck, very upset. <laughs> and people around us were like, "Oh my gosh, an IRL party, okay? an IRL yeah. party, yeah, yeah." As people having a party. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It was very traumatic for us all when Obi died. <laughs> we were very sad. You guys have talked about that, we right? Have. Okay, oh, we good, definitely good, brought good. that up. That was Keisha's, like, first character kill. The Second. Space. Okay. Because technically the first one was myself. Oh, Daph. that's right. Daph, Daph was, was your first one. Um, yeah, so this was mentioned in another episode about Omi, who drank a bottle and a genie burst out of him. So that's what it... That's what it was. Yep. Rest in peace, Omi. He rolled yeah, a crit he was fail. A great, <laughs> yeah, twice. Yeah, twice. Oh, I, he rolled a twice. I, I, I abide by the 
laws of the godly dice. Abide, by, abide like, by the dice, right? right. Yeah, you can't you go c- against you it. You can't go against you the dice. Can't. May I go on a tangent? Yes. <laughs> Please do. Uh, tangent about dice uh, and how oh, they dictate oh. how you have to abide by the dice. <laughs> okay. I, I, tell me what your feelings on this, but I find that virtual dice, especially after the pandemic, are a no-go for me. I'm not about Dude, it. they suck. Dude, it, they roll against me. I swear they roll against Which me. Which is different because we as players know that your dice uh, are particularly good to you. I know. That's why and I'm so bad. Yeah. I no, my dice. I feel, no, I feel that way too. I feel like virtual dice are absolute crap. They're not worth like I don't think the algorithm in. is very like tight. It's yeah. So like I was definitely feeling that way when we were playing on Roll20. I was like, uh-huh. God, this is super frustrating. And then I would listen to other podcasts where they had been playing online because of the pandemic and they would play like D&D Beyond or something else and they all complained about it. So I was like, okay, yeah, it's like not just it's, us. It's, it's just not. Obviously it's just a thing. You gotta have that connection with the dice. Yeah. You do. <laughs> you know, like if you roll someone else's dice, it's not gonna work, you know? And yeah, if you I don't disagree. Have them, like, I think it's fine to borrow dice from people, but you have to recognize that I mean, yeah, maybe it may not be in your favor. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know. It's definitely more of an organic uh, randomness when you actually roll the dice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's definitely. a lot of factors that come into play that way. There's a lot of anticipation, too, in real life that adds to the yeah. excitement of it all. I know. To actually, like, roll and you're like, oh, okay. Going back to building a backstory for your characters, I have seen, I have personally seen people uh, who are brand new to the game. They like talk to me. They're like, I want to learn D&D. And I'm like, great, come get in on this next thing. Or like, tell me how your first session goes. And they look at the character sheet <laughs> and oh. they just run for the hills. Yeah, it's uh, the a char- lot. The character scary. sheet is scary. You look, let me pull one out just to have an example in front of me. It's yeah. so much space to fill in. And it's usually double-sided. Yes, it's mm-hmm. double-sided. And if you have a spell character or a character oh with spells, it adds a second yeah, sheet. A whole other thing. And perhaps a third sheet because you've yeah. got all these spells now that you've got to keep track of. I feel like... These things are devastating to new players who may <laughs> yeah, not be as committed. Who, perhaps D&D is the right sport for them, but they just don't, uh, <laughs> but they just don't know it yet. Um, and I find, I'll say this personally, I don't fill in most of this at all. I only just after like six or seven or eight sessions have now got uh, any of my features and traits filled in. I didn't have my equipment filled in for a while even though I, I i knew what my equipment was i was writing it in my journal yeah. um but i like i don't have on the back side i didn't have i i still don't have my character appearance drawn i don't have any treasure i don't have any yeah. i mean i guess that comes with time but like there's so many things on here that i don't i don't in. use the backside very much either yeah. yeah honestly that's usually empty yeah for me as well sometimes i don't even really fill out like the ideals, bonds, ideals, flaws. bonds, flaws. Oh, that's one of my favorite parts to do when I'm making <laughs> oh, I like a character. That too. I love that part. I mean, I, yeah, I, I mean, I'm the kind of person where I have stuff in my head for the most part. I don't, I don't write stuff down personally. Mm. But I she's be, crazy. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I, I try to be pretty good and write down important bits. Me too. I love going into the book though, and this is another factor I think is overwhelming for new players. Is like someone hands them a player's handbook and they're like this is our book for this whole game. And like the secret is, is there's actually like seven other books. Don't tell the new players <laughs> this, guys. But 
the they get consumed by this fact they think they have to read the whole thing to begin yeah. with and they super yeah. don't they well just, the like, real real secret is that none of that really matters you don't need any rules you ever <laughs> Actually, no, you look into you or need read, go back to. Yeah, <laughs> you need rules. You but, need to like be able to like know which section of the book your like monk is at, so you can just read yeah. it often. I can't. T- I mean, I'm on my fourth character. I still have to like just go and read the rules for monk all the time because yeah. I'm just like, I it's it's all new to me. I still gotta like figure it out when I'm building my character. Um, but it, there are sections that I do get attached to, like you were talking about, uh, Keisha, the personality traits, the ideals, the bonds, the flaws. I get super sucked into those. I do get They're reading. fun. They are. I, I read all of them. I think about my options. <laughs> I, I like to like, they always have a chart them. to, uh, roll off of too, if you need inspiration. Right. True. Yeah. If it's too overwhelming, they're like, yeah. Hey, we got some stuff. Just roll, pick it. Yeah, we'll I go like with that. that. Mm-hmm. Like that's probably a really good starting point for people who do not have experience yeah. with creating characters and they're like, I don't know what these even mean. Well, refer to the chart and just kind of go from there. Just kind of go from You'll there. You'll figure it out. Maybe it'll change over time, you know, because um, characters grow and develop. So some of those yeah. stuff might actually be different mm-hmm. as you go on. You never know. It takes time. It yeah. takes a lot of time yeah, for exactly. them to come to life, really. Yeah. Melanie, how much do you think that what you think about and develop as your character actually gets presented in role play through oh, your time. <laughs> like a very tip of the iceberg amount. Let me go into that for a yeah, moment. Uh, that, building your backstory for your character almost always is entirely for yourself. It is so just you have a good sense of who you are and who you're going to play and what they, <laughs> what kind of like presence they're going to have amongst all the other players. Uh, absolutely does no one ever find out all my things no. because yeah. I've like, maybe I've thought about them. Maybe I've written them out. And like the, the situations just like, don't arise where someone like asks very specifically. I know that like, happens a lot what, to us. What type of cheesecake does your character yeah. like? Why are they allergic to <laughs> totally. sunflower seeds? You know, just like silly things that are like not really going to contribute to the actual action of the game, but they, uh, but you've decided on it. And I do think it's still important for like, you to have that background and be okay and recognize like not everybody's gonna like get to know it but that you have it you can allow yourself to better role play with your character i find tidbits that like slip in every now and then like if you're at a tavern or something bring up hey you don't have anything with sunflowers right (laughs) (laughs) and that becomes like a great joke amongst your whole crew suddenly like you're in a field of sunflowers and so and so starts (laughs) choking to death and like that becomes a great part of your whole story yeah exactly look we've already developed a character i know just a good conversation So, I mentioned I've made four characters. Kayla, you've made something like seven or eight characters. But Keisha, big DM, you've made a ton of characters. You've made the villains. You've made NPCs. (laughs) You've played actual characters. Sometimes you're DM and playable character. Uh, Feelings and thoughts on that. Uh, Oh, man. So many. (laughs) I don't know what to specifically say about that. Dive into villains, I guess, for a moment. Because I guess we don't really typically well what is your process keisha for making a character like how do you develop a background for a character either npc or Mm. playable character um like what are some important details that you like to focus on yeah oh boy this is put me on on the spot spot. you put us on the spot all the time as a dm now it's our turn it is an interview podcast there's multiple ways here i know Well, okay. So I have mentioned before, I have the kind of job where I have the ability to like think about things quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Because what I do is 
in a way somewhat monotonous. So I can kind of like be all in fantasy land. And you're talking about your job in real life. Yeah, Yeah, it's my job in real life. (laughs) (laughs) So it gives me time to think like some days I'll dedicate that entire shift on a character. Mm. So I'll literally think like, all right, so what is the villain? Let's think about this. Why is this the villain? Okay, what led up to this person being the villain? What's the motives? Like, oh, how did she grow up? What were her parents like? What's her story? And, like, I just think about it's it. It's a lot of detail. Yeah, yeah. I go, I get way too detailed. No, that's not too detailed <laughs> at all. That's awesome. <laughs> that I, I can do. <laughs> I, wish, I wish we all had jobs where we could just devote oh, our brain yeah, space right? to doing that over yeah. the course of the day. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. It's it's nice. I also uh, didn't know that. That's why, like, your backstories are so good when you come to the table and, like, yeah, present us with, like, lot. the world you've made us yeah and yeah. she keeps a lot of in her head she doesn't really write notes down amazing no yeah it's just stuff i don't know there's it's because i like i try to think about what that character thinks about and put myself <sighs> in their brain mm-hmm. and man how do i create them i don't know it's just kind of a starting point of like what's the character today how did we get there what could have happened in their past and who do they know and what were their relationships like? Like, I get very... How do you decide <laughs> um, what kind of class and race they're going to be? Yeah, so that was also another question I kind of had, too, was whether when you create a character, where do you start? Do you start with their story? Do you start with their class? Do you start with their race? Do you start, like... A personality you, type, with the person- an alignment. Yeah. yeah, like, how do you start and then how does it evolve from there? How do you do, how do you come to the rest of the details, basically? Yeah, so well, I always, for my characters, I always start with a story first. I think oh, about the person first. Okay. And then I figure out the class that's somehow associated with their story, with their mm. life, and then figure out, like, okay, well, what would be a fun race to make this interesting? Interesting. So. I would say I do just the opposite <laughs> of that. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, when you're doing it, do you find yourself making a pretty vivid story that has a lot of, I guess, range of details? Or is it just kind of vague? You get, like, a plot in there, and then you develop your race, your subclass, and all that from there. I usually, uh, yeah, this the is why interviewer becomes the, the interviewee. It's <laughs> great. Why I always kind of felt like I was kind of a problem player because I would be way too detailed <laughs> and try to integrate myself way too much into the story. I don't, but, think, so. I don't think that's a okay, problem. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I, I mean, loved I all your characters. <laughs> Absolutely, we've loved all your characters. But I always like, for example, Snow, who we brought up. Uh, she's one of my favorite characters. I literally started with. She was born to a single mother. Her mother was alone in the world and all she had was this child. And then I went from there, like her childhood looked like this. This is how many siblings she had. This is what she did growing up. And then this is why she became a monk because of this situation happening. And And again, how much of that actually came to the forefront when you were playing? Quite a bit. Right, like... Honestly, I try my best to, I develop as much as I can for the background of the story. And I also try to make it a point to make it relevant to the campaign. Like, Mm. why does this character matter? Why is this character part of your party? You know, so I try to make this story somehow tied into whatever the overall plot is or whatever the main goal is. Yeah. Um, and you have a leg up over us as a DM. You yeah. get that. Yeah, now it's <laughs> for me to just be like, yeah, to tie it all in. But when I was just but, a player, that was a huge point for me was like, I need to make sure this character 
is important to exactly whatever we're doing, you know? Yeah. Um, That's important, I think, especially for maybe those people playing characters that don't have any tie to the story. Yeah. Except like, that they are associated you with your player. You need some kind yeah. of hook. You need some kind yeah. of hook, indeed. Um, so I think that, um, for me at least, like, my process is more... I really like one class or one race or something that I've always wanted to try. So I mm-hmm. develop it from there. But just recently I texted Keisha, like I have a character idea that I'm really yeah. excited about and it's all aesthetic body type and sexual orientation. And that's Ooh. all I have. And I'm just like super into it. And I'm like, okay, well now I need a race and a class and like all this, but I have all that information already, which isn't normally a process. It was just an inspiration I had. Yeah. But when I made Trinity, her whole backstory is based on the Looking Glass song, Brandy, You're a Fine Girl. Brandy, you're a fine girl. Such a good one. <laughs> and that's because that's when Guardians of the Galaxy came out yeah, yeah, yeah. that summer. And that is from um, that soundtrack. Um, oh, but yes, yeah, so that was her whole backstory. And it literally never came up. Uh, but that was how I decided that it came up a touch barely because I I had to like force it in there because oh. we never really got a chance to, to talk about backstory loaded boats well so that's why I, <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of it right now not drone boats not well, captain boats you sometimes you sink them but right, you also sometimes I sink Trinity was a uh, tiefling rogue pirate, and that's why yes. I chose the pirate background. That makes sense. Now. And like I you said before, she um, was terrible at sailing ships. In yes. fact, she was crit- sailing. Yeah, sailing. <laughs> she was a bad boat floater. <laughs> <laughs> she would always crit fail. Uh, yes, that's um, right. but that's why I chose the pirate background. Is because I of that song. Her whole thing was that she met a man named Brandi in a tavern. Brandi. And he gave her a silver locket and said he would come back for her. And and that they were in love and she never saw him again. So she became jaded and she never fell in love again. Wow. Yeah. And I never got to present that. But that was her whole thing. I have it all written down on the back of her original character sheet. I, I knew that as me, the player, yeah. not, but not me as the character. Um, and I did enjoy that very much. But like just you one taken song. from real life. Yeah. yeah, just one song. That's what inspired me. Yeah. It was beautiful. I loved it. I've never done that again, a process like that again. Um, usually it's just like, a lot of my characters are based on other characters already exist. And I take that kind of, um, I take like bits and pieces from each of them and kind of develop it that way. And then I read about like the race and the class that I'm going to play and kind of just put it together like patchwork Hmm. style um and yeah when i try and think of a backstory i feel like i'm really bad about flushing out this whole story and then never remembering how i want to present it like Hmm. i'm gonna be this kind of person and i'm gonna take in orphans and I'm going to start an orphanage. And I just totally forget that that's what I want to do. And <laughs> that's right. I'm, murdering I'm like, yeah, like, I'm a chaotic good character and fuck kids. <laughs> right? Like, you glance at your notes and you're like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> and so in that instance is when, like, role playing really shapes my, my backstories a lot. Sure, he's just erasing like, well, yeah. well, this is who I am, I guess. Never mind. Build Never orphanages? Mind. I meant set fire to <laughs> ton in dnd i feel like oh yeah i mean there's so many tropes of like oh yeah i was an orphan that's why i'm a rogue my parents are we talked about in our substance and etiquette (laughs) episode but since none of us have children 
and we don't really interact with children or kids ever. Yeah, we Ooh, have a lot I, of. I uh, am the exception. I do have. A, I, that's you part interact of, with kids. Yeah, because that's of your part job. of my job. Yeah, right. but we don't have children. They're not True. like present at the games or like in our lives like yeah, that. We don't have that connection. So we kind of are a little more loose with like child violence. Yeah, <laughs> using them as explosive. Just violence, as not a, anything sexual. Because that's fucking weird. That would be fucking uh, yeah, weird. That's terrible. Even, we can kill children. Literally. That's fine. <laughs> Why is it that in human society, murder and killing is always presented as, like, this, like, just fine dandy thing to pop into a movie or a book or a It depends on what society. Trope, I think Some it's American society. Yeah, is that American, American society? Do we do, oh. like, violence? Oh. Ooh, but nudity. Yeah. And another society. <laughs> it's the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> nudity is by far a worse crime oh, than it's the terrible. murder and killing of things. Oh, how terrible nipples. is that? <laughs> you nipples. can shoot the nipples, oh. but you can't show the nipples. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Oh, one day when this podcast is real good and famous, that's uh, going to be a sticker. No. You can shoot the nipple, you can't yeah, show the nipple. <laughs> America. Uh, we're, having, we're having too much fun. What's, uh, what's, the, uh, what's the next thoughts on... Backstory stuff. So when you create your character, do you make it a point to try to also use your backstory to add to the lore of the world? Or is that not even like on the menu? I would say just by how much I'm struggling right now, it's usually not on the menu. But I would say that I do uh, think about, like, what's critical in the world. So, f- and maybe this is, like, a little... It's it's the best I can answer your question. I went just the opposite with my last character, Agatha Moonwood, the monk. I uh, really got to know who the gods and deities were of the land mm-hmm. and made those uh, folk a part of my background story. So I made it in such a way that, and this kind of developed over time as Evan was world building. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were talking outside of D and D sessions, him and I were like, wow, there's going to be this God. Who's uh, the God of for or goddess of fortune. That's Timora. Um, there's going to be this person who's a God of uh, war and another one of wild beasts. And I was like, Ooh, I can incorporate these into the monastery from which Agatha comes from. Uh, and I started yeah. to do that. Yeah. So just the opposite. I didn't like necessarily try to input myself into the lore of the world. Um, but I did try to take lore from the world and make it develop my character. Oh, Does okay. that answer your question? Was yeah. That, no, that makes sense. That? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say too, we regularly use characters from previous campaigns as like ancient heroes too. I love that. I love oh doing it too. Side note, I don't know if you guys know this. I did DM for a very random group. Their lore and history was our campaign. Ooh, so like yeah. Trinity is wow. known as like kind of a god in this world and like, yeah. uh, Borf is also well known. <gasps> yes, Borf comes Helene up a lot. as well. <gasps> really? Like, all of your guys' characters are like revered heroes in that campaign. Well, we oh, were basically so go level. I've yeah. said this before, yeah. but you know, we started at basically, level. I started at level three 
And Trinity got to be the highest level character level 19. So I was almost a god. Yeah. Wow. You Which were ridiculous. Le- no, level 19 yeah. in that campaign. Yes. This, holy cow. Yes. Yeah. It was fucking awesome. That, that is fucking absurd. awesome. <laughs> but yeah. You know, we're local heroes at that point. Yeah. Well, your sight handed can bring us back around to the main topic. You said just now about how you started at level three with your character. Uh, I feel like that comes up a lot for people, whether they're oh, new yeah. or experienced of like, what level do I start at? Mm-hmm. And that you can kind of work that into your background or like have your background kind of like play a factor into that. Yeah. Why are you that level? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, why are you sense. starting at level one? Mm-hmm. Is it because you are just this piss poor farm boy who doesn't know nothing and wants to be a soldier, good old fighter for his loyal country in what is the continent Faerun or are you this type of character who's going to be like uh I think I started Guy Various Mons at like fifth level right Um, he was quite advanced and it was because of that background of he was a fighter from previous war Mm -hmm. oh actually you know what it was he started he I was going to bring him in as level five and then I was like wait a second wait a second not only do I need to get a little closer to everybody else who's starting at level one but I also (laughs) have him missing half an arm. So he's going to go back down to level three. So that's what I decided. I was like, he'll start at level three and then we'll work our way way up from there. Uh, But all the other characters I've always started at level one with. I feel like that's actually, a lot of people say that, oh, you should just start at level three, like level ones and two are usually like useless. Yeah, it does depend. On how long a story is, I think. That's true. It depends on how long the campaign plans to be and such. Like there are some one shots that are like, oh yeah, you're just going to be level 15 for this. Oh yeah, you know, that's true. I've but, never played that kind of a campaign. We've, that does yeah. So I was going to say that we've played those shorter campaigns where we rolled randomly on the chart yep. um, and played just really short stories. And some of them we started like level six. Some of them we started like level two. Yeah, you know, we kind of. And I think that's been really fun because you make a character like level eight, and then you really have to develop a backstory. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, mm-hmm. my character is basically halfway through their maximum level. Like, they're pretty strong, they're pretty talented, they have all these feats, they have all these abilities. They've been through a lot of shit at this point. Right, and, like, not (laughs) only is that difficult to make a character sheet with that much detail right off the bat, but also you have to think about what has caused them to be this powerful, why are Mm -hmm. they this strong, why do they know all this information, you know? What have they been doing this whole time? How old are they? Um, And you really have to kind of develop that a little bit further. But that was fun for us to kind of do some of that stuff. Yeah, it was definitely different. I think we played the Pathfinder one. We started at level six and got up to level 10 or something. Yeah, Yeah. And that's fun, too, because sometimes you start, like, lower levels. You never get up to the higher tier, like, 12 through 20. Um, And you get really excited to get those abilities and stuff, and you never get to them because whatever, the game ends, or the group pulls apart, or you move on something else. Everybody dies. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So starting at a higher level and then getting to max out your character is really satisfying. Yeah, I can see that. True. I've never has have either of you ever truly maxed out a character before starting from level one all the way to level twenty? No, we did no, three to nineteen was the highest I've ever gotten. Wow! And when I joined in on that, your guys's original campaign, I started at like five. Oh wow! Wow! Yeah, <laughs> which is a good place to start. There, you got a lot yeah, of no, stuff that wasn't bad. bad. You yeah, got a ton of stuff at level five. But level it was pretty. Was fun. It was overwhelming though because I had only briefly dabbled in D anD D before that, mm-hmm. and then it was like years later, and then. I started with you guys, and I was like, oh, level five, what are all these things? What does this mean? When do I roll this? What's that? What's this supposed to mean? Um, Melanie, do you have any ideas or plans for a character that you might not have ever gotten to uh, present or make? Ooh, 
I that you don't. hope to play someday. No, well, really? like I said again, uh, or like I said once before, I would like to play Guy Various Mons. Uh, yeah, a little bit more fully. He's got a whole story to tell. Yeah, to he got learn. cut short in his campaign. I feel with half <laughs> the group dying. Yeah, and uh, I don't. I don't necessarily. I do know that others are like this, but I don't necessarily have like ideas for specific characters in my head that I'm like, oh, I want to play that one. I want to play that one. I would say I go just the opposite and I like start to dive more into the characters I have built. For example, Helene Dragon Tamer. I like after our campaign ended, I started getting the idea of like, oh, what was like her mother's life like? And then I started envisioning like this almost like prequel uh, thing of like why her mother was who she was and why Helene was even born to begin with. Yeah. Uh, so I would say I go just the opposite. Would you say that you have these characters that you develop in your head, have a little bit of background story, mm-hmm. and you want to play later? I wouldn't say I have them developed. I have, like, pocket ideas. Like I kind of mentioned earlier, I have a character that just has an aesthetic, a uh, sexuality, and a gender, mm. um, which I've never thought of it that way before, but it's been really fun. Because I, now that I've made so many characters, I'm trying to do as different of things as I can. And also when I make a character, like... I try to make it as little like me as possible, even though that's impossible, you know, because you're always going to add something to yourself. But especially when I make female types, I try to stay away from tropes, Yeah, but I kind of always end up making like strong female types, you know? Um, So I try and think of things that are like, maybe like I try and think of if I have an aesthetic and a personality type, like what would be a common way to build that character and try and add something different to it, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, but I think it's usually me like, Ooh, I want to play this class or this subclass sounds really cool. Or I've never played an artificer. Like, what would that be like? Maybe I should be a UNT artificer. And I kind of just think about that. And it's more like one detail that I focus on that I think about. And then I have a problem like developing it further until I actually commit to it. Sure. I do take back my answer. I, and I do say that I'm actually much like you. Uh, I thought it would be, so I've kind of like tried to almost hit on like different ages for my characters and different like uh, uh, genders for my characters. Uh, and there's like one, just like one that I'm missing. And it's like playing an old person. Mm-hmm. Haven't done that yet. Yeah, Nor do I same. think any people in any, any of the campaigns I've played have yeah. done that. I've noticed that recently when I was thinking about this newest character that I've always trended toward like 30 and below. You know, yeah, I've never yeah. wanted to play older than 30. Um, I think that'd be really fun. I think it's just like, we don't choose that just because none of us are of an age where like, we're And I think there. it's difficult yeah. to make like a lower level character that's older. One of the characters we haven't talked about is Nim, your fourth character. Oh, we yeah. haven't talked about Nim. She was also a tabaxi. She so was also a tabaxi. We've all played <gasps> tabaxi. Played oh, it's because we've all owned cats before. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I I kind of took inspiration from Snow and from Ash. Wow. I saw you two play uh, Tabaxi characters. The tabaxi is so cool. It's I love so that class. fun. It's so cool. Race. And like the idea that you are this person who can like <laughs> slink through the woods like a cat, and you might be like a hunter, and you got claws. Oh, I love it. Just like the aesthetic of a Tabaxi yeah, uh, cat person is yeah. so I mean, it's fun. Like a G, just like in Skyrim, which yeah. she's never played. But, yeah. Oh, that's right. I heard Kayla make vicious uh, mockery. Vicious Vicious mockery of you for that one. Super effective. I, uh... <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh, so, to, so going back to 
lot like touching on all the uh, different ages of life. I did choose my tabaxi character, Nim. She was a mom. She was a mom, yeah. And I at that first, was really interesting uh, to play with. That was really fun because we had never played with no, a character who no. had children at all. Mm-hmm. And my character, because just of this one facet of having like two little uh, kittens that I was attached to, I developed a ton of backstory where, or I developed like a lot of decision making, I suppose, and backstory where like it was all based around my children and yep. keeping them safe. And the whole point of me being in that campaign was an, an effort to basically bring them to a safe place to yep. get them out of servitude. Like my character was in servitude. Um, yeah. A lot of her backstory too, did not come to the forefront necessarily. Uh, you as the DM Keisha, I think you knew quite a bit of it. Um, and you might know it by default, Kayla, just cause of like chat outside of the actual session. Maybe, and yeah. Meta. Uh, yeah, but it was really fun. A lot really of it was in mystery and for your character. It was. Yeah. And no one knew. Nim kind of just part. disappeared. Yeah. yeah. the story. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. But it was really neat, though. I really liked the element where you came in and you never... No one knew. No None one knew. None of the players yeah. knew that mysterious. you had two children with you. Yep. They thought it was just you. And you were weird because you'd be like, I have to go check on my bundle. And woo, you would run off. Well, I don't dark. even think they knew about like, my bundle that I was hiding in the woods. It took a while for you to, <laughs> yeah, for them to even know that there were bundles. Yeah. Just like disappear and then come back. And then suddenly, eventually, they found out, okay, she's running off to these bundles. What are these bundles? You know? <laughs> and then eventually it was revealed. And I thought that was really neat. I really liked that. I well, and then Keisha it. being our DM made sure that one of the children were cursed. Well, yeah. So yeah. that they would die. Well, well, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's just like story development. That was, yeah. a, that was an opportunity. Story development. <laughs> Instead of you giving us NPCs, okay. I gave you NPCs in oh, which yeah. to torture and manipulate. Yeah. And you did. Oh, you did very well. I Great feel job. like our audience thinks that we hate Children. No, oh god, no, please don't think that, friends. Please don't think that. That's all we talk about. No, please don't, don't think that. Them. No, I was, as my character, I was very loving about my children. You were, oh, you were a very good mom. And you know who else was, too, was Evan's character who played a halfling, and our roommate who also played another halfling. They were like a duo pair. They were like from, what were they? They were like from a fighting pit. Uh, and they, the two of them attached to our, uh, my children super hard. They have children really of their own now. Oh, that's Right. Yeah. So that's okay. So children aren't new to the campaigns no. ever, but like a character starting with children and is. being yeah, a mother. Yeah. Being, like I've, I've realized over the years that we've never really developed relationships. Yeah. Our, like our whole party as people have never had characters that have developed relationships. Borf, um, the dragonborn paladin was probably the only one to take wives, mm-hmm. plural. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, like we would, you know, we would like visit mm-hmm. whorehouses. I would, kind of, I would like but... to disagree real quick with okay. Helene Dragon Tamer. Yeah. I did love a farm boy named Joffrey. Oh, did, Joffrey. Did have a Joffrey. Joffrey, Joffrey was an NPC, and yes. he just at first he was just an NPC who yeah. I decided like he was oh. unfortunately named. He was unfortunately <laughs> named. Yeah, we, we we were all reading Game of Thrones. At we the time. were. Yes, uh, and <laughs> that's another part of your backstory and how it develops. Yeah. Is what are you reading during, yeah. currently? Yeah, yeah, totally. And Joffrey then his backstory developed, and eventually he became the whole the villain like the mega villain and it wasn't no fault of his own eventually like we got him back and turned him into a good person again uh and alongside that trinity actually started to become a little bit more evil, evil. super evil yeah super evil trinity was vying for the position of orcus the demon lord yeah that's right that was the exciting wand. when that was happening 
I cut your arm off. Yeah. <laughs> you, you guys let me die, so. Yeah, that's that was, what happened. That was fun. Um, but yeah, Joffrey was, he was a love interest for a while. But beyond that, we've never had, like, true, like, beginning to end romance or families mm. or I've got a wife at home that I have to take care of, you know. And then Nim was our first character in our group where she had children and she, that was her whole mission was to protect her children. Mm-hmm. She was not going to let the rift get to them. Um, no matter what happened. And then she eventually had to leave because her one of her infants was infected with the Rift Plague. Yep. And this is in the campaign that's still ongoing that I DM for that we've mentioned quite a few times throughout this podcast, honestly. Um, this is one of the characters that you have played. Unfortunately, she's no longer, like, you weren't there for a lot of it, but she's still in the uh, campaign. She's though. basically an NPC now. She's, yeah, she's she has basically an NPC. NPC. <laughs> I, I had left that campaign uh, partially because of COVID reasons and oh, like, yeah. the whole online yeah. play. Like, that was playing. the campaign that we had like nine people. We yeah, had started out with like, I think at most it was we hit ten yeah. at some point. Yeah, raising <laughs> you know, which a lot of DMing people. for ten people is rough. <laughs> and for those of you who are new to D&D, that is not normal. No, there is yeah, not normally ten abnormal. people. That is it's absolutely like three to maybe five it's because we had so many people in our lives who wanted to play yeah, everybody was excited to play so many people were like i want to learn to play we're like okay yeah, join okay. us you 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 get to play Come on you get to play, play. <laughs> yeah. everybody gets a game everybody gets a play everybody gets a character um, it was fun like that but yeah it was mm-hmm. a lot um but because of that a lot of people ended up dropping out and now we're at a normal level of like six yeah yeah <laughs> going back to the romance thing with characters Evan and I, so Evan and I, in real life, are husband and wife, and we got excited on our second campaign about the idea of, like, ooh, let's make two characters that together will, like, grow together. Yeah. Uh, and it was fun, too, because I was like, I was going to play a man, he played a woman. Aww. It was going to be fun. Uh, and, like, we were just going to, like, it's, you know, we couldn't dictate for sure that it was actually going to develop between our characters just because of the way roleplay occurs and those random instances that totally... Throw you for throw you for what's that saying? A loop. Throw you for a loop. See, it's hard. <laughs> I guess I know all the phrases in the world. Yeah. Throw you for a loop, and we decided, <laughs> or when the campaign just like crumbled because half our party died, so did that like blooming romance that might have happened. That would have been cool. Characters. It would have been cool. Tomb of Annihilation. Yes. It was Tomb of okay. Annihilation. Okay. Yep. Okay. What okay. a brutal campaign. That yeah. was rough. I would like love to bad. try it again, but fuck. That <laughs> Are was we terrible. allowed to just like say nothing happened and start from the beginning? I think we should. <laughs> yeah, you can always do that. You know, so we haven't talked about this yet. We've talked briefly about that campaign, but what happened, and I'm not going to say details because they're really spoilers, but we had our friend DMing who hadn't DMed before. And he was doing a great job. He was like, mm-hmm. I want to run Tomb of Annihilation. And he bought the module and was running it really well. We had never played in a setting like that before. We had always done homebrew campaigns. Yeah, I know. So which is ridiculous. <laughs> Especially something crazy like the jungle and dinosaurs. And oh, yeah, there were yeah. temples and shit. That was so um, fun. And we were all really into it. And he DM'd, like, I don't know, five or six sessions. And he got really busy. And we kept having to cancel... Um, and he was like, okay, well, I'm going to have to cancel again. Will somebody guest DM for me? So your husband, Evan, was like, I'll guest DM. And they didn't communicate at all. Oh. Um, and he didn't know that he had to, that our friend had been 
dumbing down all of the stats oh. for the monsters in the temples because they didn't talk about that. Oops. And our oh friend uh, had been literally just uh, like wow. fudging all of the roles this whole time because we were not doing what that good. What a good wow. DM. Yeah, I agree. Wow. And he didn't really tell Evan that. Uh-oh. And so he, it just happened that Evan had to DM like one of the first difficult temples. Mm-hmm. It was you like have the to go first through. real difficult dungeon and crawl. And our DM had do. had it all planned where he was like, oh shit, this is gonna TPK. I'm gonna tone this shit down. <laughs> and he forgot to tell Evan that. So Evan played it exactly how the book suggested. Oh my god. And it was just like, he wrecked event us. after event after event after event. And we just rolled so poorly that we just kept failing. <laughs> and I like, must say, too, Evan's usually good. He's homebrewed a lot. I know, he's, yeah. He's good at, like, yeah. toning it down for the people playing their characters yeah. to not I kill think, them. I and think it just, felt, like, it just, it just caught him by surprise. And the bad yeah. rolls caught us by surprise. Well, and I think he felt pressured to, because I because he didn't know all the details. I think he felt pressured to play it the way he thought our friend was playing it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? So he's like, well, he's just reading out of the book. <laughs> Here I go. Oh, man. Wow, this is and so I just remember that when we came back together with that guy that was DMing and we explained to him what happened, he was just like, oh, my God. He's like, you know, I've been lying pretty much the entire time, right? <laughs> I think I was missing I don't know if you guys remember, but pretty much like session three, my character, Ash, died. Yeah. And we had a resurrector with a resurrection stone, which our DM made up on the spot. He was like, That's well, right. I feel bad. So <laughs> here's, a here's a resurrection stone. You can bring her back. Here's <laughs> totally And then like two or three sessions later, we encountered all that drama. And yeah, yeah our guest DM was just like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Which I bet that's not the first that. time that's happened to somebody in Tomb of Annihilation. Because that's all I hear about. Oh, how no, it's a yeah, TPK for sure. It's built for is just to murder everyone. Oh, wow. Everything. I did not realize. <laughs> but I would love to pick something like that up again. Um, and you know what else we've talked about before is that original homebrew campaign that we played for like two years. Mm-hmm. Our first characters with uh, Helene and Trinity and Daph, where we would pick them up again where they are and just see what their lives have been like over the last few years mm-hmm. as basically legends and gods. Well, Dav has been rotting yeah. under her gravestone. <laughs> we can go time. visit her grave. But we've had Dav. Her, her hammer to be buried alongside of her. We buried her. Um, Dav has appeared in other stories before, though. Oh, yeah. I love reusing. You do. You, my you bring your characters Yeah. I love connecting universes. I wanted to say this earlier, but one of my favorite NPCs, and I want Keisha to introduce them to us, are the twins from Imagine It. <laughs> Let's hear them. I don't. I don't know what this is. Yeah, you do. Larry and Luca. Oh, I love uh, the accents that you bring to the table. Ooh, I'm so glad you love that. That's something that I try to like to bring back around character building and backstory building. I'm I, so bad at that. I love <laughs> trying to choose like a certain way my character talks and committing to it. That's a little bit more like I guess like as you play, sort of doing it, rather I think it's than backstory. Yeah, it just helps you, like, stay both separate from your character, keep your character separate from others, but also, like, the, most importantly, like, keep the moments when you're actually role-playing um, clear. 
Because yeah. sometimes we get into, especially our groups, we tend to get in those moments where we're just like talking yes. to each other yeah. instead of actually role-playing the things <laughs> yeah. that we're talking about out. So we're well, discussing so much and they like go back and forth and back and forth, but it's all the same voice and everything. You're like, so wait, what, who's what's who? actually, yeah. what did you actually do? What, what did, did you, you just talk about? I think what's... like character, voice, accent, and cadence is something really important that you can really, yeah. you can really distinguish your characters that way, but I'm so bad at it. Oh. I don't even know where to begin. And I know I know Keisha said this before, so I'm trying to do this, but she'll practice in her car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, pra- I do the same oh, thing. I, I practice yeah. a ton in I my car. I need to be better about that because, like, I'll be like, well, what do I want my character to sound like? And I'll think about it, like, oh, I can't do that. But my problem is, is I'll, I'll have, like, a cadence or, like, a vocabulary or an accent in my mind, even just a slight change mm-hmm. of how my voice is. And I'll try it once and it'll work. And then the next night I'll be a little too drunk or a little too high or I'll just like forget what I was doing last time or whatever or it all turns into really bad Russian yeah (laughs) that was me with Nim yeah Nim was Russian oh you know and I don't mean to like pick on any one particular accent what I was going for I was like oh tabaxi cats I'll try to go for puss and boots you know I'll try to like play out that character from Shrek <laughs> and it super failed I super just like had to roll with whatever was I coming out I think what happened is you got put on the spot you were ready for your yeah. accent and you just did a Russian accent and that was yeah. canon and that's, <laughs> and that's, <laughs> like, that's what it became okay uh, <laughs> yeah I've I tried that so many times where I have like an idea and I'll practice it but in the moment something else entirely comes yeah. out and I'm like god damn it like how dwarves have Minnesotan accents uh, yeah. oh is that how it goes oh yeah bud yeah dwarves have Minnesotan accents now <laughs> an are, there, are there ways to yeah they are named barb oh oh would you look at that that was that was yeah that was interesting <laughs> but um you know that's why like critical role and stuff is so successful because they're literally voice actors they're that's so what they're, which is funny because so I've just started watching Critical Role, but I've noticed that all of their accents are British. <laughs> They're just all different. Oh, They're, uh, Some of them do really good great. with cadence. Um, you know, Travis Willingham. Sure. He plays... Roy Mustang is all Roy I know. Mustang. <laughs> yes, that's what Roy I was going to say. Roy Mustang. What a cool name. <laughs> um, so obviously he's really good at that kind of stuff. But... They're all professionals. Yes. So not only do they have an accent, even if it's all British, it's all slightly different. Yeah. But they all have cadence, and they're all really good at uh, putting in, like, certain words that make their character sound how it's supposed to sound. That's something that I've always struggled mm. with. We've talked about this. Playing an intelligent character. Yeah. And being able to use good syntax and use large words appropriately. Yeah, you need to know how to put in those big refrigerators. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's how your character talks, and I struggle with that. So I always shy away from that kind of character. For my character, I often uh, think of like either a phrase or just something that they will often say in order to mm-hmm. get in. Like, a catchphrase. Just, yeah, a catchphrase for that character, if you will. Uh, and I would say for like my newest character, Agatha Moonwood, the monk, I have like developed her to be like very friendly and very open and be like just her her go-to thing is like, hi, what's your name? Or hi, I'm Agatha. And she just like introduces herself to every she stranger. She have a high charisma? That's cute. She does not. Oh. So, which is why she's socially inept okay. is because her charisma's poor, her intelligence is poor. Um, but I just like wanted to embrace that really happy, go lucky. Kind of ditzy. Yeah, yeah. kind of ditzy kind of character. Um, and I guess I could have like had 
I could have rolled all the same stats and gone just the opposite way. I guess it. so, yeah. Yeah, I could have just been, like, a very, very sour person, but... Yeah, I just wanted to, like, choose and be a happy character. Yeah, that's how you interpret those stats, Mm -hmm. too, I mean. Yeah, that's true. Indeed, yeah. I, uh, with Nim, she was a little bit more of, like, dark and mysterious and didn't talk. I would say with Agatha, I suppose her catchphrase is just to keep talking, actually. That's, like, her, just keep talking. talking. So I don't know if you know this, and we've talked about this in one of our other episodes, but one of my favorite characters was when we were playing a short story where we were, um, (laughs) pro wrestlers, and the setting was an insane asylum, and the <gasps> plot was The Purge. Oh, gross! <laughs> That's it was, so awful! It was so fun. Oh. And so it was four people. Um, Keisha and our friend were sharing DM responsibilities. They would switch off every week. Oh, as DMs, And they also shared a character. Ooh. So they made a character together that they would share. So whoever DM'd... That's fun. ...would DM, oh, that's the other person yeah. would play the character. So the character I chose, which is honestly my favorite, because it's the most ridiculous, outlandish person I've ever made. Um, so we were pro wrestlers. His name was the Orange Menace. So Tom. Tom Strumpf. He was chaotic, evil, human barbarian. He had orange skin. He wore ill-fitting suits. And he was basically Alec Baldwin's version of SNL's Trump character. Oh my yeah. gosh. I'm, oh <laughs> my <laughs> gosh. Amazing. So, wow. Oh it my was God. Beautiful. It I was so fun. It. It and was this was so one of those short fun. campaigns where yeah. you started high, you ended yeah. quickly. I think we started at level five. And I, I was barbarian, yeah. so I would just rage. But one of my favorite parts is that I got to homebrew a feature where mm-hmm. I could lie about a role. Once a day. So even Ooh. if even if everybody saw it, I could say that's a nat 20 and I just have to roll a deception check. And I always passed. Yep. So I always got that nat 20. It was or great. Oh if it was a crit gosh. fail, I would be like, that's not a crit fail. And I would just sweep it away and I would roll a deception and I would pass. Yeah. Once a day. Yeah. One, is, once a day, like once a night? Like once, once a, a rest. session? A long yeah. rest. Oh, a long rest. Okay, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And it was amazing. Oh it was my gosh, great. that's so fun. And they <laughs> fucking hated me. It was so great. Nobody, like, you really, oh, really man. leaned into that chaotic evil. But oh, yeah. it was a good chance because I'd always wanted to play a chaotic evil character. Uh-huh. I'd never played a human. I'd never done anything like that before. And it was just like such a ridiculous scenario. Yeah, that was great. That, uh, <laughs> it's I, hard playing yeah. a campaign that's got some degree of like good characters or neutral characters, it is or chaotic characters, and then one chaotic evil person. Yeah, and yeah. so well done, like fitting it in and making it <laughs> making it pass. I guess not really. Oh no, <laughs> it was terrible. They hated me. I mean, yeah. but that's the point. That's like what that. Yeah. I think everyone's supposed fun. to hate a chaotic evil character. It, I don't think it would have worked if we would have played that longer. No, oh. if that was like a long term campaign. It would have been terrible. Would have been killed by his yeah, own. I think so. Stupidity. Oh yeah. <laughs> sure. Like yeah. by day two. But, <laughs> Uh, when the three of us played that original homebrew campaign, we were all really high level. We had a lot of that. You know, we had that whole instance. I think it was Keisha that DM'd it where we had the mirror realm. Ah, uh, yeah, that changed your <gasps> alignment if you was very cool. failed fighting against your own We would self. fight a mirror version of ourselves, which was lineman, lineman correct? Opposite. opposite. And we would fight them, and whoever won would be the person that would come out of the mirror realm. Yep. And... 
Um, my partner was a druid who was some kind of good alignment, and he ended up being chaotic evil because his mere self lost. But nobody in the party knew, yep. except wow. for him and the DM. So he lost, and he was evil druid for like months, for and he kept slowly sabotaging the party. He kept doing things. Um, that we were kind of like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were like, why would you choose not to do that? Choose to do that? That's crazy. Yeah, right? and then eventually it became, um, he eventually got the opportunity to side with the bad guy, and he sided with the like mega lich mm-hmm. that we were fighting, um, and it was revealed that he had been evil that whole time, and that his good self had died. Wait, which, like died? such a thing? No. Well, he had been switched. They, oh yeah, they yeah, switched switch, switch, back switch. eventually. But yes, yeah, yeah I was yeah. gonna say I think they switched. He had back been at some point. The, he had been evil Tater Daddy that whole time. Yeah, that's right. Tater Daddy yes. was his name. Tater Daddy, such that a wonderful a character name. name. We should have brought that up during the name. We should have brought that up during the name Daddy. Oh my god, he actually does really good names. But yeah, um, Trinity started out as neutral evil and became chaotic evil. Yeah, just development that. over time. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things during the Curse of Straw when I was actually Oh player, my god, yeah. Um, I played a young girl that everyone ended up hating. Oh, oh no. She was kind of like lean. <laughs> yeah. She was kind of obnoxious, though, because she was so, like, set on trying to do, like, the good thing. I want to be the good guy. I want to be, like, a, oh, I want to become a savior. Yeah. You know? And she fucked everything up <gasps> so oh, man. bad that I was even talking with our DM of that, that he had a whole plan, I believe, of slowly turning her to the other side. Oh. Because she started off as a lawful good, and it transitioned into neutral good. And something happened because I had a plan that deviated from what everyone else was doing. Again, I was one of those players, but... She went off and did something, and it blew up in her face. Like, all the rules were bad. <gasps> Everything went wrong. Oh, Everything no. went sideways. Everybody died. <gasps> oh, my god! It changed her character to the point where she was becoming evil. <gasps> she was a warlock, wow. right? She was a warlock. And it was kind of like a tricked-into situation where she thought she was getting into a pact for the greater good. Uh-huh. Like, she wanted to help her people, you know, and it was actually a whole, it was a trick done by that deity, and she was becoming slowly evil. I think that's very Curse of Strahd, though. I think that fits very well with the module Ironically well. (laughs) It makes for a very good storyline, too. I feel like sometimes characters get, people who are players get so wrapped up in, like, what their individual character is. And when things like that happen, it Mm -hmm. adds to the story. Yeah. That's really wonderful. Well, we talked about alignments earlier, and like Keisha said, some people just say, like, fuck the alignment chart altogether. But what we've encountered, obviously, is, like, you pick an alignment, and then your character changes. Mm -hmm. But I've seen that talked about a lot, where you could choose to be a neutral good character, and then you start making decisions that are actually kind of evil. Well, I'm going to torture this person. I'm going to kill this person. You know, like, um, gosh, I'm going to burn that this... village down. And then you realize, like, well, maybe I'm actually neutral evil. Yeah, yeah. and I always maybe I'm actually chaotic too. evil. Yeah, I'm like, because when people make certain decisions, because we have that alignment chart, I'm like, would your character actually yeah. do that? I think that's mm-hmm. fair. Because of their alignment, and you have to like. Justify you have to convince it. it. Yeah, yeah, you have to justify it. Like, why would a lawful good person be okay with the party <laughs> ransacking they his bodies or 
you know, whatever oh, it is. I'm thinking of a particular player in this instance. And yes, I feel they often were questioned on their yes, alignment. They were. Fluid with their alignment. Fluid with their alignment. <laughs> well, that's okay, too, as that's, long as you can explain it. Yeah, it's, it's okay. Fine. <clears throat> it, well, here's the problem, was that person never committed to that. Like, no, if, as, exactly. their, as their character developed, they never committed to an alignment. They never, like, justified, like, why a change yeah, yeah. of alignment happened. Yeah. And yeah. it became, like, just a person who was trying to be, like... I'm just gonna do like the craziest or wildest yes. thing to like throw, <laughs> throw some. Despite everything, throw, there's always that person. Uh, yeah. Whereas like Trinity there, started as neutral evil, became chaotic evil because she wanted to take the place of the demon. And you see the progression <clears> too. <throat> and I think that's I think that's a lot of fun. I actually think it's most interesting where you figure out your alignment when you create your character, sure, or eventually you figure it out as you play the character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But keep in mind that that could change. Like, if certain yeah. major events that are very traumatic or very life-changing or something, and so maybe your character reacts and adjusts to it, and that kind of changes part of their alignment. They're starting to lean this way instead of that way yeah. because of this event. Incorporating it into what kind of character you're going to be playing well, as the I also think like, on. stuck in that. I personally like, I mean, again, you said some people don't even, like, acknowledge alignment, but I yeah. really like when you're like, wait a minute, what's your character's alignment? <laughs> and then they ask. And then, because what happened, like, with Trinity is our DM was like, okay, I don't think Trinity's neutral evil anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about this. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I mean, she can't be. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And I really like that, where you kind of acknowledge that you've changed and that you have to change your alignment. Yeah. Um, and again, you don't have to play with alignment. That's fine. If that's too much, too stressful, it doesn't make sense, it's too, like, fluid, then just ignore it. But I think it's fine. Um, but also, it's cool to add that part of your character. And then to know that it can change. Because just like people, people can change in real life. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know? Like, can you say that you're the same exact person no. that you were, like, 15 years ago? Right, exactly. Years ago not. when you were in high school. Exactly. Right? <laughs> Absolutely not. What's been really fun is my uh, one of my current characters is a lawful good um, paladin sorcerer. Ooh. And I chose to multi-class in Paladin because I had chose her alignment as lawful good, and she has this whole, like, religious connection to the god of Mistra, who's the goddess of magic. Um, and I was like, well, she might as well be a Paladin, that makes sense. <laughs> um, but she's lawful good, and I'm the only lawful good in the whole party. Everybody yes. else is, like, neutral or, like, just kind of good in some way. Um, I think a few people are, like, true neutral. There's no evil characters, but they're all pretty, like, ambiguously nice. Line. Yes. Yeah. And it's been, <laughs> it's been kind of stressful for me, because I'm yeah, like, uh, no, we're not going to let people be slaves. We're going to pay them money. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to do this. No, I'm not going to let you just go kill whoever you want. We will not murder Hobo. Right. I'm not going to just, like, kill somebody for the fuck of it, I'm gonna make sure that you do the right thing. It's <laughs> Good been really job. stressful. Like, and you've been yeah. butting heads with some of the other I characters, have. Yes. too. And really? that's been interesting, yes. because there's, like, your character and another particular character where something happened, and so those two are, like, while they're still friendly, there's that tension yeah. of, like, because this event happened, and... We both disagree. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like we agree to disagree, a, we agree, kind of. Yes, <laughs> I feel like it could be a whole episode or five to just devoted to both player player dynamic, character character dynamic, yeah. and like talking about alignment. We could definitely talk about that. Oh my gosh, oh, yeah. you yeah, could go. I really like the alignment chart. Keisha and I made a whole potions episode where we 
um, made ourselves as characters, and one of the things we struggled with most. <gasps> we did that too. I know we took inspiration from that. Oh, well, gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We had already started it, but we took inspiration from some of what you guys mm. said. But one of the things we struggled with the most was our alignments. Yeah, because <laughs> we're like, fuck, what kind of people are we? What I don't are we know. really? I, <laughs> I think we said Keisha was like chaotic neutral, and I was oh, chaotic not, good. I am not chaotic. You're lawful neutral, and I'm I have to good. be. I'm Anyways, probably, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> So that was, like, kind of fun to figure out what am I as a person. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah that's hard. That's, like, a whole Have spiral. you seen the bread meme that describes the... I looked at the... Yeah, the bread. The yeah. bread that describes the um, alignments. So, like... Chaotic evil is where you just leave the bread bag open. Oh. Lawful like good is where you, like, tightly close it and put a clip on it and put it in a bread box. Yeah. And then everything else falls in between yeah, and then those there's, two. Like, all yeah. the yeah. Oh, my gosh. I think I have... That's a pretty See good that. example. That's a really that is great a great one. example. There's one where, it, like, they just eat the middle of it. Like, <laughs> fuck off. That's awful. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, anything else that you guys had thoughts about for backstory specifically? We talked a lot about backstory. Yeah, there was we a lot to cover about our like, notes. How we each go about it. There's there's so many ways to create a character. There's no wrong way. There's no to wrong make way. a character. I think and we all gave pretty good insight on um, some of the details that we focus on when we first think about making a character. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's endless. Like you, Kayla, you were talking about how you kind of have a system for some of them, but then like this one was different because of a song. I had a song. This one was I had an because, aesthetic. I had yeah. a, a real or like a fictional character already made that I just bounced off of. Yeah, you never know a what name, the inspiration is. A class, exactly. A race, like a character could be based around a name that you made first, yeah. or it could be based around. I've always wanted to play this class. It I want to be, be based around a life event and. That you've experienced yeah. yourself and you want to develop that more. How Melanie wanted to have a character that likes mushrooms because mm-hmm. she hates mushrooms. Yeah, someone that's like nothing like you, you know. And like I said before, there's no wrong way to do it. It's just you make your person and you play it. Yeah. And that person evolves as you play. It's That's one of the main things about D&D that's like at the core that... I personally really enjoy it. I did want to say that um, I like to develop. Go on. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. I will say that okay. I, I want, I guess, like, I feel like it's really important to know that folks have your back when it comes to developing your background. People will help you. They may have like a 10 page backstory <laughs> for whatever reason. And it's and like we talked about earlier, oftentimes backstory is just like what gets revealed is the tip of the iceberg. It's yes. mostly just for you. It's not necessarily for the whole campaign to know or the players to know. Uh, and people will help you develop uh, your character as you go along. Um, the, yeah, those people that you're playing with are your friends. and They are, they hopefully. Will, yeah, hopefully they're your friends. We're friends, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, In some cases, <laughs> I'm, not answering I'm making up things. <laughs> obviously, we're friends. Uh, but obviously, in some cases, it's complete strangers. Because we were lucky. We're very fortunate that we have such a good group. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we've pretty much been at the core the same since then for all these years and stuck together and stuff yeah, yeah. but mm-hmm. yeah question for you as podcasters 
at the end of your podcast episodes, do you do like a goal setting related to like your topic or anything? What do you mean? Well, like just like a wrap up idea that you put out there or like something that you yourself have are able to take away from the episode. Oh, um, no. and then like apply to your own well, life and real life. No. I, this is like part of my job as an educator. Give it to us. Yeah. <laughs> here, let your Melanie. You're the teacher Mrs. here. Mrs. Melanie. So, so as you go, maybe as you go about from your episodes from here forth, set yourselves a goal that is related to whatever the topic is for that episode. What is our goal? So for example, today's episode being all about your background char- background for your character, uh, maybe you go forth and now really apply something that you haven't applied before. For example, Kayla, you're talking about accents and how they're kind yes. of an issue for you totally uh like really trying to get into that now i should focus on that yeah yeah i suppose that could also be half and half like going with building character not just yeah. background for your i also character. think it's a good challenge to try and make a character that you're uncomfortable with yeah oh yeah a different gender a different sexual orientation a different um age a different mm-hmm. alignment um, a different class or race, something that you're like, ooh, that scares me. We've talked about how we don't want to be bards. Yeah, that's scary. <laughs> Intelligent <laughs> bards, right? Maybe try and do something that really makes yeah. you uncomfortable and see how it turns out. Yeah. Uh, I like that. Yeah, and then like as the next episode comes in, if it like is applicable, you can bring up like, hey, I hit one of my goals, and it doesn't even have to be like the last goal you hit. Oh, it can be, I like, like that. Goals from like ten ten ago, and that way you just like. It, like, brings it full circle and wraps it around. That's my feelings and thoughts on that. I think but that's nice. Yeah, we'll sweet. have to do that now. Do you, ha- right. do you have a personal goal you would like to potentially share, Keisha? You're put- you're being put on the spot again. Something In that- regards to D&D or real life? D&D. In, in regards to okay. D&D and, and <laughs> backgrounds or backstory for your characters. In regards to backstory, I feel like I need to create a simple character. It does not need to be such an overly complicated, like, super in-depth, deep, whole, like, book of a story. But as simple simple as, like, I'm just a farmer, and you know what? I looked to the west and went, what's over there? So I went. But simple can still have detail. Simple can still have detail. Oh, yeah, simple. Yeah, definitely. But not... The kind of detail that I usually do. Just... Don't feel like it has to be complicated is what, is what yes. you're saying. Yes, exactly. Gotcha. I don't overcomplicate. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said the thing about accents. I think I have pressure now that when we do our first live play, I'll have to have some kind of accent. Yes, I'm very But excited. honestly, something I've already thought about is to challenge myself to be a race, class, gender, alignment. Mm-hmm. That makes me uncomfortable. And that's something I've been thinking about really hard. I would say for me, that'd probably be like anything that's evil. I haven't played anything. Oh, evil yeah. Yet. Yeah. I don't it's even. Hard. Yeah. I don't when know. Everybody's good is hard. Yeah. I don't even know how I'd begin to like try to fit that into a particular campaign or just like to like choose to make those decisions that me as a person in real life, I'm like, this is horrible. Yeah. I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. And like instead play a character who's going to do that. Right. Um, yeah. That is not necessarily my That's goal. A good goal. Well, it's not necessarily my goal right now. I think for I think I need to have a realistic goal that I can play with Agatha Moonwood because she is so new. Um, and I think it has to be something along the lines of her. Uh, I guess like 
I mean, a really simple goal is just like developing names for all 10 of my siblings. Uh, <laughs> and backstory. And backstory. Oh, gosh. Who's your favorite? Uh, what do they do for a living? Uh, What's their favorite color? Where uh, are they now? Maybe it is a pretty good goal. Okay, that's my goal. I'll start to develop all my siblings. <laughs> all 10 and of the, them. All 10 of them. The names. I mean, and, I, I, and that's just like the 10 that came before me. There's the I one that came after. Oh. <laughs> I'll no, work on it. One. It's it's it, it'll be fun. I'll work on it, and that'll be my goal for <laughs> my character right now. Nice. Well, what are your goals, listeners? Tell us. Hit us up. Let us know. At Kayla knows the things, not me. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us at Instagram at Potions of Potpourri. We have a Gmail at Potions of Potpourri at gmail.com and we also have a Facebook page under the same handle. It's really easy. Yeah, actually, if you can spell potpourri, you could find us. I couldn't spell potpourri before today. So. Pot-pourri. Yes. Pot-pourri. 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 Pot-pourri.